for all the business owners out there or new entrepreneurs, I want them to be encouraged because you're going to fall on your face. You just need to rehuddle and get back after it. Take action. That's the only way that you're going to push through that. You're not going to be shooting a bullseye every single day. Can't do that without failures. So you can learn from those mistakes so you can hit your bullseye better. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six- to seven-figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is someone who has created and carved out a fantastic niche for himself. He is truly known as the go-to authority in the world of guns and gun ranges. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the gun coach himself. Stephen Powell, welcome to the show, Stephen. Hey, man. What's up? What's up? How are you, Nikki? I'm fantastic and amazing, man. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right, man. I'm all right. It's a beautiful day here in Phoenix, Arizona area. And uh, God gave me another day. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful morning. It's a wonderful Amen. morning, man. Amen, brother. Amen. So, Stephen, I know you. I know who you are. I know your heart. You're a fellow brother yeah. in Christ, but my audience doesn't know you. And my audience are yeah. men and women who are believers in freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. And Amen. they are entrepreneurs, Good. and they listen to this show because, A, they want to be inspired. B, they want to learn. But before they sure. can open their hearts to you, man, and trust you, they got to get to know you. So tell us your backstory. Sure. How did you get to be the great Stephen Powell? <laughs> um, I'm working on the great part, but thank you for the encouragement. So, um, uh, I, I grew up on the East coast. Uh, I grew up in a little town called Newcastle, Delaware, and I will, I'll, I'll abbreviate some of my history, but I think it's extremely important. Newcastle, Delaware is a historic town. And I had the privilege of growing up in a, in a preacher's, in a preacher's home. And I went to a Christian school and, uh, if you don't know where Newcastle, Delaware is, it's like 15 minutes from Philadelphia. So in my upbringing, uh, scholastically, I was able to visit a lot of, a lot of uh, places where history began, from, from D.C. to Baltimore, Fort McHenry, Harrisburg, all the little places that people don't really talk about in Philadelphia, Valley Forge, and Gettysburg, and, and everywhere else. And um, that, coupled with my, uh, with my father's um, parenting and, and the love of American history, really uh, helped me become extremely patriotic. And, and I mean that in a, in a very old sense as well, because, you know, that's where the country started is back East. And I had, a, I had much appreciation for, for the sacrifices of our forefathers and uh, American history was like my favorite subject at school. And I had a, I had a, um, a desire to, to serve my country. And that's what I ended up doing as I, as I grew up, uh, um, thinking about the serve military service and then joining the Air Force at 17. So there's wow. some of it. So um, after, after that, uh, I went into the service. I had a, a really 
a really good education and a lot of good experience in the in the Air Force. It's a very um, uh, diverse. Uh, what do you want to call it? I had a diverse background in the Air Force. I didn't just do one thing. Uh, I was able to do a lot of special duties and a lot of great training, and it really launched my career in law enforcement and for training others and, and helping others. And it wasn't until about 25 years ago that I realized that um, I had a knack for for coaching people. And I, I saw it as a coach because I had some really good coaches in my life in sports and, and other things. And I really wanted to help um, people be successful on the range because that's that was my niche. And um, here we are 25 years later. Um, I have 18 years of federal and civilian and military law enforcement experience. Um, I've created a number of companies. My, my first passion was Patriot Outdoors, which was a shooting facility in New Mexico, a thousand acre shooting facility, where um, we ended up teaching 250,000 students. We've had a lot of SOCOM contracts and high-end military and law enforcement contracts. And we traveled the country. Um, I've been able to teach in a number of countries uh, for for firearms training, working with other companies. And that helped me evolve my company and my personality for media and range consulting. And I love what I do. And I'm very thankful that uh, I get to do it. You've got a fascinating life story and what you do in your area of expertise isn't a fascinating one for me. You know, I'm, I'm a knife nut. I collect a lot of knives. I live in Canada. I just recently uh, went and took the courses to get my gun license, and I'm in the process of getting my Canadian gun license. But in the United States, you have the Second Amendment. They don't need right. a gun license. Every American yeah. is guaranteed by the Constitution the right to bear arms. And I think yes. that's fantastic because, you know, in ancient times, slaves were forbidden weapons. Free men and women oh. had weapons. And I, I, I still believe that to be the case today. Free men and women have the right <sighs> to have weapons and bear arms, and slaves do not. And so yes. I think what you do is very important, very powerful for many reasons, that being prime among them, as far as I'm concerned. So right. tell me, my friend, a little bit about how it is that you've built this brand for yourself as the gun coach and that people come to you to get your advice on how to set up ranges, you know, how to learn about firearms, firearm safety, how business people in the gun space trust Stephen Powell to help them make things happen for themselves. Sure, sure. So I came up with the Gun Life Coach um, about a year ago. And the Gun Life Coach was me taking my, my years of experience as an instructor and um, re reviewing things that I have said over the years on the range that had some level of life application. Uh, you know, hey, we need to follow through with our with our sights on our target. Well, we need to follow through in life also. I know that's a very plain analogy, but there there's um, there's more to it. But that's just one of many. And I'm like, wow, you know, maybe I could help others see in in the gun world that we have here in the United States, and maybe help people. And my the phrase that I came up with, and I was the first one to hashtag it, was called evolve your skills. Now I don't believe in evolution because. I'm a I'm a brother in Christ, and and we I, I know that God created everything, but uh, but to evolve ourselves is important. We can't stay. The and the reason why I, I like that phrase so much is because, and I am answering your question, but I want to get, get on this part real quick. The reason why I like that so much is because 
What I learned in 1990 and 1991 and 1992 in law enforcement tactics uh, have evolved so much that those same tactics and those same principles uh, have, have eroded to something new that helps us become uh, more successful and more survivable uh, in a life and death scenario. And so combat evolves. Uh, criminals evolve. So we must also evolve. Uh, threats evolve. So I think that's very important to use that phrase. So to answer your other questions about how do people get to know me, I'm I've been privileged to be able to speak publicly. Um, I've I've been on I've been on TV and uh, many many ways. I've been able to speak at uh, shooting industry um, uh, events and seminars, and that's kind of how I, I I started making my niche. I, I'm one of I'm one of many in some ways, and I'm very I'm very um, I stand alone in, in in many other ways also, and. Um, crafting out that that path for people to understand what I do is is somewhat um, multifaceted. So I got into range consulting to help a lot of law enforcement agencies at first because law enforcement agencies didn't know how to build a range. And then when it comes to communities or, or certain entrepreneurs, business people that want to open up a range, there's a lot of things to navigate um, politically, especially understanding how to talk to the community or the, or the city, the county, township, whatever, uh, so they can understand that ranges will be built in a safe and, and um, uh, secure manner and protocols are in place. And uh, it's, it's, been, it's been very interesting. It's been very interesting. So there's a lot of word of mouth in that because there's not like thousands and thousands of people creating ranges, obviously. But uh, for people that are, they, they, uh, they sometimes, it's pretty easy to find me. Pretty easy to find me. With my network, I, I find that to be instructive for my listener because my listener is someone who wants to learn about how they can be unique and stand out into the marketplace, right? And for them to be able to do that and do that properly and well, uh, it's good to learn from someone who does that well. So you're a gun range consultant. You're a thought leader in that space. You know everything there is to know about how to design the ranges, how to make sure they're safe. But you also know everything there is to know about how to navigate the political waters with the local and state and federal politicians to make sure that everyone's on side and the project doesn't get derailed or knocked off course. To me, that's yeah. fascinating because when someone is looking to build an area of thought leadership for themselves, First of all, they want to find something that they know something about. And they've got some passion for. And second of all, they want to find a way to stand out. Now, you found a way to stand out. That's what I find fascinating and wonderful at the same time. Well, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, I was never satisfied with nine to five. Um, that's a phrase that I, I use, like, doing the grind Monday through Friday, nine to five, you know, I've always had a, an un, unconventional approach to things. I was not always I was just one thing. Now that can get us into trouble too, <laughs> but spinning too many plates, but in projects, you know, I've, I've, I, I launched three companies within four years. Um, that was very, very difficult. Uh, and, uh, there were some unfortunate things that happened because of building all of those companies at the same time and running them all. But um, I will say that uh, being unique helps other people look to you. And then if that's going to happen, then you better have your ducks in a row and you better have, you, you, you better not, not only be able to, to walk the walk, but talk the talk so you can help others through life involve their skills and evolve themselves so they can be as successful. 
So um, I hope that's not too uh, too random, but there, there's my little there's my little thought on that. Well, what made you decide to get into the world of guns, shooting, gun range consulting? Because that's pretty niche. Yeah, it, it is pretty niche. Um, I had a very big success in creating Patriot Outdoors shooting facility. I was the first commercial shooting facility in the state of New Mexico. I literally had to drive to Albuquerque and talk to the, to the SBA board to get them to understand what a commercial gun range was. Because all everyone ever heard about in New Mexico was, yeah, you know, those Billy Bob's got his little gun club here and a gun club there, or the state has a big shooting facility or the county has a big shooting facility. But for me to open up a commercialized everyday Joe Jane can walk through there and train military and law enforcement. It was a, it was an anomaly. And, um, I made a good splash in the water with that. We've had zero, I had zero injuries on that facility in all the years that I ran that facility. Uh, based on my range protocols, based on the staff that I hired and the and the high level of vigilance that I expected my staff to have, uh, and translated that vigilance over to to the people that were there, so they could help others be vigilant and be safe as well. And um, that gave me some notoriety because it's extremely rare for people not to get hurt on a range in 17 years with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. So having that type of um, track record gave me credibility um, to answer your question on that. So when other people saw that, heard about it, I was able to speak on it and show others better ways to conduct themselves on ranges, whether it's from a business owner standpoint or a range safety officer standpoint or the training standpoint, even how you develop training curriculums. There's a lot of things that have to go in there to, to ensure safety. Um, and and um, that's obviously vital <laughs> to everyone's livelihood. So let's talk a bit about um, what is in the news these last few days, which is the tra tragic incident that took place on the set of the movie Rust starring Alec Baldwin, where he actually, being a, 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 a fanatical anti-gun nut, mishandled a gun and ended up killing uh, a member of his crew. And so I, I, I'd like you to dissect this whole thing, talk about what happened, talk about what they did wrong. And if you had been a consultant on the set of this movie, how you would have ensured that nothing like this could happen? Well, there's there's a couple of ways that uh, this could have been avoided um, just in just in the product that's used, just in the firearm that's used, because can, can there you are just uh, for the for the benefit of listeners here in Canada who may not have heard of it, yeah. just briefly talk about exactly what happened and then break down how this could be avoided. Well, I've, I've been in the mountains for the last four days, so I, I don't have all the details, but I do. I do have a good gist of it. So. Um, yeah. So there isn't uh, there was a movie set that was rolling for for recording. And uh, apparently um, what what typically happens that I've, I've seen in other areas where they have a table of the firearms that are to be used and they are inspected. They are checked by two or three times and then they are put into use. Um, there are several people that have to pass hands on those firearms and um, to, to ensure their safety. So it's like it's checked, it's checked again, it's checked another time. 
Apparently, according to sources, there was a, a very real firearm that was just used at a gun range that somehow got on that table and nobody checked that gun. That that's that's what my understanding has been uh, on two different articles that I read. Um, that that's just absurd. That's absurd because the problem was shot and killed with that, right? Yes. Yeah. Shot and killed a female um, to my knowledge. And then somebody else was fragged. Somebody else was fragged. So two people were injured. Yeah. So a a Um, woman was killed um, and a man who's actually the director of the movie was injured. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's super unfortunate. And it could have been, it could have been um, avoided. If Alec Baldwin understood two principles, you don't have to know 10 safety rules. You don't have to know five safety rules. You only have to know two. And it's and you can teach this to a four-year-old as long as the four-year-old can understand this. Finger discipline and muzzle management. Finger discipline means that you keep your finger off the trigger at all times until you're cleared for hot and ready to fire. Muzzle management means don't point it where it doesn't belong. You don't point that firearm where you can cause any bodily or personal or personal property damage, period. If he knew, he didn't even have to understand how the gun worked. If he understood, keep your finger off the trigger and point it in a safe direction, basically, it would but have been why, avoided. Why, why would someone like him, because he is on record as being virulent anti-gun guy, right? An anti-gun nut, to, to, to be perfectly honest and accurate about it. Mm. Yet he decided to pick up a gun and point it at someone and pull the trigger, even if it's a fake gun. Why would he do that? And why is that a bad idea, period, for anybody to do? Well, I mean, let's just say Hollywood's not really in reality. Um, I know that. Um, so, and yes, they are using guns in movies. Um, but I, I don't know where everyone was standing. I don't think I don't think the anything was rolling. I don't think film was rolling when this happened, no, no. which which makes it even more bizarre, because that would be more understandable if there was a movie set and okay action and then and then bad things happened. But I don't even think anything was rolling. So this makes the makes the uh, this incident uh, even more peculiar. Um, so I'm sure more details will come out about it, but. Yeah, why would if the, and if the producer's never on set, never going to be on the screen. So for him to be able to, for him to point the gun at someone and the producer was next to them, that just I, I I can't even understand that. I can't even understand that. Um, I was on a I was an extra on the movie um, To Hell in High Water with Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, Chris Pine, and Ben Foster. I literally had like. 30 seconds on the screen. All right. But I was there because it, it was filmed in Clovis, New Mexico. A lot of people think it, it's supposed to be set in West Texas, but it was actually filmed in Clovis, New Mexico. And looking at all the protocols of what they had there, it, it was it was pretty safe. It was very safe. And I was really impressed for these Hollywood people to do their thing. And the prop people were gun people. They knew guns. Um, so uh, I, I've only been able to be exposed to that in one environment because I've I'm not a part of Hollywood in any way, shape, or form, other than my my extra in in that movie. But um, I, I will say that uh, protocols were ignored. People get complacent, and things get sloppy, and that's how accidents happen. I, yeah. I believe, in my experience, over twenty some years, that I have seen more accidents on law enforcement ranges 
than civilian ranges. Now, why is that? Because, Nikki, if you're when you go to the range, how often, how often are you touching that gun? Probably not much. But for someone to have a gun on their hip every day and all the all the other all the other things that have to happen with them with their lives, people get complacent. They get complacent, they get casual, and they get careless. Complacent, casual, careless. So those three things equal disaster because they're just used to it. They're just used to it. And and that's that's uh, that's the problem. I mean, guns get pointed in bad directions and sometimes people pull triggers when they're not supposed to. Now, let me clarify, I'm not I am not uh, dissing on any law enforcement agency or, or any, I'm, I'm just saying that that the nature of that career, and which I have been a part of, I have watched carelessness happen because of the casual environment that is created when you wear a gun every day. And that's why it's so important to be vigilant with our safety. You know, I 100% agree with you. Uh, when I took my uh, gun safety course, 99% of the course was about how to be safe in handling a gun. And it, yeah. it boggles my mind that someone on a movie set doesn't understand that. Like the star of the movie ought to understand that. And if they right. don't understand that, and if they're an anti-gun nut, what the hell are they doing making a movie with guns in it anyways? You should yeah. make movies without guns, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because he clearly yeah, didn't know what he was doing. He killed somebody. And honestly, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry that he killed somebody, but he did kill somebody. I'm sorry yeah. about the trauma this has inflicted on him, but he took a life and, there, and that woman's family is never going to be the same again as a result of the carelessness no. exhibited on the part of that production. Now, I don't know if yeah. it's Alec Baldwin's fault that you know that gun was loaded i'm gonna i'm gonna assume it wasn't but it was his fault that he pointed that gun at somebody and pulled the freaking trigger that he had a choice yeah. over and even if right. it's a prop gun you shouldn't be doing that it's not a freaking joke it's not a toy gun it's a prop gun and people right. have been killed in these situations so you know for for that reason he bears fault and he should pay a price for that and 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 the the biggest price is going to be the fact that he took a human life. And I, 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 I think yeah. that's something that he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life. But I still think that this man should face civil and, and, and legal consequences for his actions, period. Full yeah. stop. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's going to be, it's Hollywood. So just like in many governments there, there's going to be things that are whitewashed and things that are, you know, the pointing fingers at everybody else, but at the end of the day, protocols were ignored on many levels. All protocols for safety were ignored on many levels. There's no reason that a live round should have been on that movie set in any way, shape, or form. So that's, that's, that's terrible. Super, man. It's it's terrible. It is it is terrible. It is terrible. It's terrible. Damn. But but hey, it's it's in the news, and I thought it was important for us to discuss it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, but it, it does go back to another example of what not to do. And, and just, just two easy phrases that can help people be safe. You know, whether it's a, a kid learning how to shoot a BB gun in the backyard, you know, in, in America or uh, a high end 
law enforcement or military operator on, on a shooting range, we the, the principles are the same. Good finger discipline, good muzzle management. So finger discipline and muzzle management, baby. I love it. Right. Those are definitely going to yeah. be in 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 our uh learnings from this particular podcast episode. Uh, I think it's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. And there's a life application to that too. Did you know that? Give it to we me. always have yeah. So we always have to watch what we say, muzzle management. Muscle and we always have to have we always have to have good finger discipline. We want to make sure we keep some of our fingers down when there's when we want to put them up. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I love that. That's really, really great. That's yeah. really, really great. Life applications. There you so, go, man. There you go. So look, you've built yourself quite the niche inside of this industry in this space, and you've created, you know, quite a handsome living for yourself. And what I want to hear from you is I want to know when it comes to the guns, gun ranges, what do we all need to know? Because I'm sure there's people listening to this show right now that are into guns or might be interested in being into guns. So there are some people listening to the show or are horrified at me saying this, going, hey, I can't believe you're doing this. Man. Guns are terrible. Guns are bad. Guns are not terrible. Guns are not bad. It, it right. all really depends on the intent of the person using the gun because Absolutely. it's a tool. Uh, you know, if you watch the movie Shane starring Alan Ladd from back in the early 50s, 1951 movie, he talks about that and that tool. A gun's a tool, just like a hammer's yeah. a tool. In, in, yeah. in the hands of a carpenter, that hammer can be very useful. In the hands of a, uh, you know, homicidal maniac, that hammer can kill somebody. And, and right. the gun's the same. Um you know, a, a gun can be used to protect the people that you care about. And, uh, you know, obviously a gun in the hands of a homicidal maniac can be a terrible thing. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on all this. Sure, sure. Well, I will say um, in my experience that there are people that there are those that probably should not handle a firearm based on their fears, based on their experiences and their disabilities. Okay. AKA Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for, for many here in the United States, um, we have that right to protect ourselves and no one has that right. No one, no one has the ability to take that right away from you. Uh, and if you are going to pick up a firearm, you should know how to use it. You get a driver's license, you take driver's lessons. And over the years, you learn good, bad and ugly about driving. The same goes true for shooting. And if you're going to learn how to shoot, pick up one gun, figure out, test drive, I like to say, test drive some guns out. And figure out how to how to start a path for you for your success. And well, maybe I want a big old forty-five. Well, maybe you shouldn't start with a forty-five. Maybe you should start with something smaller so you can handle recoil, understand the principles and fundamentals of shooting, whether it be a rifle or a pistol or what have you, and, and move on. But while you are evolving your skills and developing your path to success in shooting, the only thing that remains the same every day is your vigilance to safety. Because you can be running on a range in a competition or shooting defensive drills for, for your own life survival or out in the woods hunting elk like I love to do. Uh, the, the principles of safety are always the same. So that has, to be, that has to be buried in your subconscious to where you will always perform that way. We are what we continually do, think, and act and say. So when we say safety, think safety, do safety, we will be safe. That's a problem. We have we have skips in our training. We we pick up bad training thoughts uh, and actions, and um, we develop bad. I say muscle memory, but 
I, I like to talk about neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. It depending on the act. Depending on the act, it will take you know anywhere from one to three thousand correct continuous repetitions for you to develop proper neuroplasticity. Basically, what I'm saying is, it takes so many actions for your for your frontal frontal lobe to take that in before it will come become subconscious. A perfect example would be how you how you write your name. You probably don't think about writing your name anymore, do you? You just write your name. It's subconscious, yeah. right? Well, I want to teach you how to do that properly. Sign your name with your gun. Mm. So my, my role is to mirror my role coach and whoever is going to be teaching you on that path, you should want them to have enough experience and articulation in, in translating thought, skill, and attitude to you to where you can build those correct continuous repetitions, micromanaging every movement. Now don't be anal about it, but you do have to micromanage these movements. So you're putting in good processes that will solidify into your subconscious so when you go to use your subconscious performance the right path of that skill will be there does that make sense yes so yes. that's there so there you there you go that's that's what you be it doesn't matter what gun they pick up whether it's a bb gun or a high powered rifle for game uh, or it's it's a it's a rifle for defense or shotgun or pistol for defense you want to develop correct continuous repetitions for good subconscious performance. I like it. See, what you have to teach that makes you unique is you're able to help folks who want to set up ranges navigate both the practical and the political and media landscape so that they can be successful in getting the range off the ground and having it continue to operate profitably. That makes you pretty darn unique, but that's so niche. There's not a whole lot of opportunities for you to practice your craft there, but you know a whole lot about guns and gun safety. And in the United States, there's 130 million gun owners. And I think there's probably about 10 million people that aren't yet gun owners that want to be gun owners. And I think what you do can be packaged up and sold and taught to these folks. And frankly, to folks that are not in the United States, but like the idea of having this knowledge. That could be something you could very readily and easily do. So the Gun Life Coach, to me, is a multifaceted brand. And, you know, we talk about this when we, we say someone's developing thought leadership. I want to walk you through what that looks like, okay? Because developing thought leadership, I think, could be very interesting for you. So this is something I learned from Matt Church, who created Thought Leaders Global and Thought Leaders Business School in Australia. But you start by taking a deep dive into you, who you are and what your experience in life is and what your various experiences and adversities have taught you, because that really is the true expertise that you have. And then around that, you develop uh, through this process, what we call a big word. That's the word that really is the fundamental word of what you're all about. Now, for me, I'm all about freedom. I talk about freedom, free expression, and free enterprise every time I speak to somebody, and I definitely do it in these podcasts. And then we have you develop what we call three to nine folders of expertise. Now, in each of these folders goes something called a, let me see if I can pull this up and show you a, a pink sheet. So do I have the pink sheet? Ah, here it is. The pink sheet, again, a creation of Matt Church. The pink sheet is a wonderful tool that is all about helping you develop your intellectual property. So 
these are pink sheets and this is a folder. This folder is about winning. So inside each of these folders, you got 52 of these pink sheets minimum. I've got 55 in this one. And these make up what we call your commercial PhD, right? So when you, you've got three to nine of these with 52 pink sheets each, then you can create what we call a cluster. And a cluster is where you marry the message, the message of your pink sheet with a target uh -huh. market and then a mode of delivery, right? And we want you to map out 20 clusters because there's infinite messages. You got at least 52. There's tons of different markets you can go after. And then modes of delivery, we've identified six. We want you to map out 20 clusters. And then out of those 20 clusters, we want you to pick the one that you think you can sell the, the, the most of, fastest, and you launch that. And then you create a something called a green sheet. Again, one of Matt Church's inventions. This green sheet uh, is basically a way to have a sales conversation without coming across as a slimy salesman, right? And then you <laughs> position yourself with another tool called a positioning matrix. Again, a Matt tool, create a Matt Church creation. And then he talks about something called a collateral kit, which has a whole bunch of different tools in it from leave behinds to an introductory video, to white papers, et cetera. And then every 90 days, you launch one of these clusters. So, you know, and the, the goal is to get it to 10,000 a month. Did you fail or did you succeed? So if you succeeded, great. If you failed, then, you you, you know, you you basically, you, you spike it, you get rid of it, you start another one in 90 days, and then you keep maybe the same market and message, but you have another mode of delivery. So maybe you're teaching gun safety and your market are uh, suburban housewives, uh, but the first mode of delivery was one-on-one -on -one coaching. The second was group coaching, right? And then mm -hmm. succeed or fail. 90 days later, you launch another cluster, maybe same message, but new market executives, right? And then you're still going to do it in uh, in group coaching. On and on and on. Over a three-year period, you launch one of these every 90 days. The objective is six are going to succeed, six are going to fail, and you're going to have 10K a month out of each. So that's 60000 a month or $720,000 a year. That's a black belt practice. And once you're black belt, some of these clusters can be grown into what we call mega clusters, which are twenty dollars to $30,000 a month each. The strategy is over a three-year period, you do this work and you've got yourself half a million to a million, even $2 million a year practice. This has been done by over 1,700 people in Australia, North America, and around the world. Over half of the people wow. have reached that, that objective of a half a million dollars. And then of the remaining half, over half of those have gotten a quarter million to a half million, and the rest have gotten at least six figures in income. That, my friend, is the power of the methodology of thought leadership. When I look at you and what you do, like, man, you've got this big, big old cluster called, you know, range consulting, right, where you've made hundreds of thousands of dollars on that. But then you've got these other uh, clusters, which you haven't really properly launched yet, um, or, which can have you be going to, you know, other groups of people with the knowledge sure. and expertise that you have. And right. I'm excited. I was excited to speak to you because I love guns. I'm a gun nut, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, I also am excited to speak to you because I really see the business potential of your expertise, of your uh, go-to authority space. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah, there are, uh, you know, as we've had a, our, our, in a previous conversation, you know, we were talking about, you know, some of the priorities because, you know, there's, there's gun range consulting and then there's launching my own facility here in Arizona and, uh, and then all the other 
you know, all the, the two all other, other potential. So you're right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, but yes, you're right. You I really look like at that. What, what is the next thing you can do that has good money potential right away within 90 days? Immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's Immediately. the thing yeah. to look at. That's the thing to look yes. at. Cause if you do that, I think that's, it's beautiful. And my listener listening into this is thinking for themselves, obviously, well, what can I do so that I can do yeah. this for my own business? And the answer is very sure. straightforward and simple. Number one is, you got to go and, 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 and buy my book, The Thought Leader's Journey, and then you got to buy the book, The Thought Leader's Practice by Matt Church. You got to read both those books because it's going to outline a lot of this. And then the smartest thing they can do is actually come and do our course, which we, we do virtually. And, and now we're starting to also offer it live for anybody who wants to come live. But basically, you know, the process that I outlined here is we're going to help you go through all that process and map it out. Once you map that out as relates to you, not just, you know, high level theoretical, then you can actually go ahead and launch it. And if you launch that, you're going to be successful. You know, um, thank you. I, I appreciate you saying all that. And I, I agree with you and I'm looking forward to reading the book. But uh, when we had our conversation, and I've been thinking and praying about this when we had our conversation last and you helped kind of jar me back into a mindset that where I was when I started launching other companies, because we, I, I believe as business owners or serial <laughs> entrepreneurs, we get so caught up in chasing, uh, chasing a spinning plate um, or chasing a project and, um, and, and finding out that it may, it, it's giving us, we're putting out a lot of energy, but we're not getting the ROI that we need out of that energy. And um, it was, uh, it was very jarring for me for, for when you were talking to me and, and I, very candidly, and I, I greatly appreciated it, but I have never been able to go anywhere thinking too long. I know this is not too profound for you, but for me, it was, we, we have to act. We have to pull the trigger. We have to line up our sights. We have to find a good target and we're going to have to press that trigger and, and follow through with that to I make sure so we can. Yeah. So, yeah. So we can take out, take out that target in this case, you know, ultimately launch a successful company or, or find out what the obstacle is for you to not be able to win and then take that out. So you can, whether it's our own laziness, it's our own, um, our own, uh, what do you call it? When be our own belaboring or what have you. So action is the key, but we do need to have some level of, uh, well, not some level we do have, we do need to have a high level of focus and set our sights appropriately so we can execute a proper execute properly. So I really appreciate you giving him speaking into my life on that and helping me clarify some things for my goals. My pleasure, brother. My pleasure. It was interesting when you were going through your monologue just a second ago, you had to yeah. choke back saying not win because that just bothers you so much that you are like so focused on winning, man. That was awesome. <laughs> not <laughs> win. I'm like, wow. Man. <laughs> You had a hard yeah. time saying that. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's brilliant. And uh, failure sucks, man. Failure sucks. Failure and it's good sucks. to have it every now and then. To, but but you see, failure is part of the process. This is absolutely. what people don't understand. They become so fixated on the goal that they don't understand that you need to be fixated on the process. The goal is mm -hmm. a byproduct of a successful, uh, you know, walk through the process. The goal is, right. the goal just doesn't magically appear. The goal is a byproduct of a successful walk through the process. And the process must include failure. That's why I say you're launching 12 clusters in three years and at least six are going to fail. I'm actually, yeah. I look forward to the failures. 
I, I, I've launched this new thing. By the end of the year, I'm going to ask 100 people to do business with me. Man, man, no, I'm going to ask more than 100 people to do business with me. I'm going to collect yeah. no's. I'm going to collect 100 no's of people doing business with me. Yeah. And so far, I've gotten to three since uh, Friday. Three. So I'm excited because today I want to get at least two more. Actually, yeah. now I'm up to four. Another fellow texted me a note today. So, you yeah. know, four no's is wonderful. Uh, and I want to I want to get to those hundred no's because those hundred no's are what are going to allow me to get to 30 to 50 yeses. And I mapped yeah. out what 30 to 50 yeses looks like for me. So these are some things I got going on. I've got a I actually have a, a workshop uh, that is our second year doing it called Winning 2022. We did Winning 2021 last year. I'll talk to you about it later on. That's a, okay. that's a, that's a full day workshop we're doing and we're offering it to some people. So that's an opportunity for me to collect those. I've got my thought leader immersion in January coming up. That's an opportunity for me to collect those. I've got yeah. my uh, battle brothers, y- you know, freedom loving CEO group. And that's an opportunity for me to collect those. And I've got mm-hmm. my year long thought leader program. That's an opportunity for me to collect those as well. So th- those yeah. are all great. I'm going to collect a hundred no's. And I'm excited to see how many yeses are going to be a byproduct of me going through the process of collecting a hundred. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. I mean, you can't have success without failure. And for for my last, uh, one of my last experiences was um, I had a huge acquisition that, that fell through. And that was a year and a half long process. But that has... It, you know, it knocked me down for a little bit, but that has propelled me into such a better momentum of how to conduct business, how to work on acquisitions and, and mergers and uh, building other businesses. And it taught me some very valuable lessons. Some of them were expensive, but it was very valuable. And I, I want it, for all the business owners out there and, or new entrepreneurs, I want them to be encouraged because you're going to fall on your face. You're going to fall on your knees. And I, you just need to rehuddle, get your ass back up, and get back after it. Because that's the, and take action. That's the only way that you're going to push through that. And and just like you said, you're encouraged about having those hundred no's. You know what? Just understand that you're not perfect, and you got to start somewhere. That's what I tell people on the range. You're not going to be shooting a bullseye every single day. You know, you, sometimes you have a 24 inch group. Sometimes you have a five inch group. What you ultimately want. Is maybe a four-inch group, or, or you want to hit the bullseye every single time, but you can't do that without failures. So you can learn from those mistakes, so you can hit your bullseye better. I know that's a, a little analogy, but that's that's what I know. That's what I it's literally really great, know. Man. I really like so. it. So, Stephen, man, how do people find out about you? Find out about your work, communicate with you, consume your content, sure. all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so you can check out my YouTube channel. <laughs> It's a new YouTube channel, but uh, I love it. Um, it's called The Gun Life Coach. You can reach me at thegunlifecoach.com and follow me on social media, uh, on Instagram and Facebook at The Gun Life Coach. And then my training company is Patriot Outdoors. Patriot Outdoors, where you can experience freedom outdoors. We have training courses that go on and I can travel. And I have a, I have a network of instructors that work with me that we can go put on classes elsewhere. Um, so in, in the United States anyway. So, um, so that's the two ways to get a hold of us, hold of us, my companies get a hold of me. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. 
So at the end of, we're going to make sure we put all that information in the show notes, by the way, so that people can check it out and come and check out what you do and get in touch with you. So that'll all be there. But we end off each and every episode by asking you, our guest expert, to give us your top three, what we call expert action steps. These are your best pieces of advice for my listener to take on in their life or in their business so that they can go to the next level. They can win. They can be more of who they truly, truly are. So what do you say? Wow. <laughs> okay. Let me take another sip of coffee. <laughs> um, I will say what, what has worked for me is narrowing your focus. I, you can't get anywhere without narrowing your focus. And I've seen that to be true in every business that I've built. Uh, when I narrow my focus, I become more successful. Um, when you narrow your thoughts, uh, like I, I, I love having my, I'm not, you know, I'm not some theologian or anything, but I will say that my quiet time with God in the morning helps me narrow my focus on what I'm supposed to do in life, whether is it as, as a husband, a father and and a businessman. So narrowing your, narrowing your focus, um, that would be number one. Number two, I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning of this. We must evolve. Anything, anytime you're trying to do anything great, we have to evolve ourselves. You know, um, the marriage books, the, uh, the seminars we've heard, or whatever you've heard from many, many moons ago, sometimes, sometimes those principles are amazing. And sometimes uh, we get stuck in a mindset or, or, a, um, uh, or an action that is really just repetitive and, and it does not allow us to move forward. So if we evolve ourselves, and say, hey, you know what? I need this is how I can be a better man. This is how I can be a stronger man. This is how I can be a better husband, a better, better father, a better businessman. And we keep that to the forefront of our mind as we are nearing our focus and our morning time or whatever. That helps propel us into something better, which is a more successful being. And therefore, we can help others be successful too. So that's that's two. So evolve yourself or evolve your skills and evolve yourself. So evolve, narrowing your focus and evolve. And the third one is, um, you know, I just got back. I just got back from a, uh, a men's retreat. I took um, a lot of some guys from my men's group in church, and we were we were uh, a little camping trip up in the mountains. And so the third one would be to reset. Just like we reset our trigger when we pull the trigger, we have to have a reset. It's good for us to take time to have a reset, whether it's with your your spouse or your significant other or. Um, you have to take a reset so you can go back to number one and narrow your focus on life and business. But it's good to take a reset. Um, we get so caught up, and I, I'm actually doing a video on this um, tomorrow. I'm releasing the video. But we get so caught up in our nine to five grind that we everything just goes autopilot, and we don't we don't slow down enough to catch everything that's coming at us. And I think it's important for us to take a small reset every now and then. Uh, to collect ourselves and regroup for uh, for a better for a better front for success. So focus, evolve, and reset. I love it. By the way, I run a men's organization too, um, and I have a podcast for men. So we should have you come on that. It's called the Sovereign Man Podcast. And oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's yeah. totally great. Totally great. We we have a website as well, and we're we're growing our movement. I'm up for that's excellent. I'm up for having our movement be ten thousand men strong. Yeah, uh, that's great. And, and we need to have a ton of men doing this type of work. So um, uh, kudos yeah. to you for doing that. That could be a cluster that you launch. So Stephen, I got to tell you, I'm excited 
that you and I had this conversation today. Uh, I can't yeah, wait till too, uh, the episode comes out and, and yeah. everybody else gets to listen to it too. Um, you and I are brothers in Christ and we get to, we get to talk and hang out and have discussions about a whole bunch of things, but I'm really grateful that we had this conversation. Those are three great expert action steps. Your wisdom on guns, your wisdom on how to build a personal brand has been fantastic. And I think it's very valuable for me and for my listener. I, I certainly learned a lot and I know that my listener will as well. So listener, awesome. Stephen Powell is the real deal. Make sure that you go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com and you check out how to get in touch with him on his YouTube channel, on, on his social media, and his website. Or, you know, if you, if you go and you listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or Amazon Audible or any of the other places you listen to this podcast on, make sure that you take advantage of all the amazing wisdom this man has to offer. And here's the other thing. If you benefited from this show, what we're asking you to do is share this with somebody else who could use it. And that's just, that's just plain generosity. That's you helping somebody else who could benefit from this message right now. And if you're one of us, if you're a believer in freedom, free enterprise, and free expression, you got to make sure that more of the people who think like us get to hear this show. Our movement of freedom lovers is only going to grow through us freedom lovers banding together. Let's face it, right? The big tech companies and uh, Facebook and all these guys these days, they're not liking politically incorrect messages like mine. They shadow ban folks like us. They throttle our reach. The only way we get around that is when people like you help us get around that. So make sure that you share this if you benefited from this and leave us a rating or review. That always helps us grow the movement. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing for you to do that. And if you like what you're hearing here, then continue to listen to this uh, podcast, subscribe to it if you're not already subscribing to it, and make sure that you speak to uh, your friends and your family that could benefit from it. And make sure you go to our website, eastcircleacademy.com. We got all kinds of things in there for you to be able to take advantage of in terms of resources to help you take your practice and your business to the next level and to stand out. Okay. And hey, Stephen, man, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been a total honor to have you here today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm honored as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, you bet, Godspeed brother. to you, brother. Yeah, you too. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Stephen Powell, the gun life coach, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the show notes or go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Audible, or anywhere else you happen to listen to your podcast. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.